Hi, welcome back to the show. My name is Kat Burns. And I'm Chantal Renee. And we're here to ask... How's it going? How are you? I'm doing really well. It's a beautiful day and I'm excited to get a lot of stuff done today. This week, I have been working hard on my taxes to try and get them done. And I planted some potatoes, planted some carrots and radishes. How about you? I'm good. It's been a while. I mean, like last week, I was totally not into it. I just couldn't get motivated to do it happens to do anything. Yeah. But I'm feeling better this week. I'm finding that it helps for me to make a list every day and also to not worry about completing it. Like just doing one thing is enough. It's just such a weird time. I'm finding it's hard to have fun. I'm finding that I'm searching for laughs in really funny places and I'm actually having a good time in really unexpected ways. Uh, like for instance, TikTok is hilarious. <laughs> oh my gosh, TikTok. So I just signed up like maybe a week ago and I'm still trying to figure it out because I can't quite get it, but I am enjoying what people are putting on there. It's funny because I actually don't have a TikTok account. Back in the day, TikTok used to be called Musical.ly and I did have a Musical.ly account and it was like this- Of course you did. It was a silly lip syncing thing, but I remember that someone commented like something mean, <laughs> like the first comment. Oh. So then I was like, oh, I guess I'm too old for Musical.ly. So I like <laughs> deleted my account. And then I was, when, when it became TikTok, I was like, oh gosh, I don't know if I can go back. Because <laughs> it's like everyone's just 15 and like such assholes. <laughs> but I'm finding that there's so many middle-aged, you know, people on it too that are killing it. It's great. I think it's changed a lot in the last year because now it's kind of a wider swath. I was actually thinking of making a TikTok of just my plants and like showing them how they grow. <laughs> I would watch that over and over again. Okay, yeah. well, maybe I'll do that then. <laughs> I truly miss going to see live comedy or music. I feel like that's incredibly important just for, you know, just being social and having a laugh not by not looking at a phone. It's true. There's something nice about laughing collectively as well. Like all together, as soon as one person laughs and there's always like that one guy in the room that has the most ridiculous laugh that makes everyone <laughs> so laugh, true. you know? So as soon as they start laughing, you're like, oh my God, I cannot stop laughing. And then it kind of makes your day. I do miss that. And I mean, I miss I miss seeing music and yeah. playing music to people outside of a screen. Is I can't wait till I can do that again. Our guest for this episode is a musician and comedian here in Toronto, possibly one of my favorites, and I'm really excited to find out how he's doing. Me too, and I'm wondering how it is being a comedian, a stand-up comedian in the age of social distancing. Because you rely so much on interaction from your audience. Totally. And even just getting ideas from the audience, you know, every night is different in stand-up comedy and sketch comedy. So it's like, if you take away the audience, what is left? Oh, I'm so worried and scared about the future of all this, like how it's going to change things because you're not seeing those, like, I don't think the clubs are going to be opening up anytime soon. When is the last time you went to a club? Well, I, <laughs> by saying the word club, saying, like, yeah, I don't mean dancing club. <laughs> I have not danced at a club in a very long time. Like a comedy, like, you know, I frequent comedy bar. It's it's an important place for community, for anyone who just wants a night out. Just laugh. Laugh, yeah. And it's, I mean, it's really important for people to be starting out too. You can't really practice and hone your craft if no one is responding to your jokes. That's so true. 
Like, is anyone putting themselves out there? And and is TikTok the only way to do it now? You know? Well, but I think it's going to end up being like quite parallel to the regular industry in the sense of like where everything's going to be oversaturated. Yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, I guess the toughest survive. The toughest thrive for years (laughs) with nothing. Yeah. (laughs) Bar bands are the toughest. (laughs) (laughs) That's so true. Oh, gosh. Now on to our guest. Hi, I'm Nick Flanagan. I've been referred to as a local fixture. I also am a comedian, and I have a podcast called Nick Flanagan Weekly. Nick, I was just telling Kat that I'm having a hard time finding the funny these days. It's so anxious, and everything is almost in your face a bit too much. We can't rely on going to the clubs anymore to get a laugh. Is there anything that's doing it for you these days? Well, I'm I, I'm lucky enough to be quarantining with uh, my girlfriend and her dog, so they're both funny. I can't tell <laughs> which one is funnier. <laughs> I can tell which one is the dog. You know, I'm still podcasting on my podcast. So that means I get to have fun conversations with people about once or twice a week that are recorded. I don't like going outside anymore. I have nowhere to go when I do go outside. Uh, I can't see my friends. I don't know if a commercial I was in is going to re-air. And <laughs> real problems. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, structure is less of a thing. Things a lot of the sort of there's a lot of like self-medicating of some sort. Mm-hmm. Uh that's kind of new because I was living with my mom before this and I left because she's vulnerable age mm, range. Right. Watching a lot more movies. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, I have access to more streaming services than I ever imagined, including the Criterion channel, which I recommend people get up on. Ooh. So we were talking earlier about how things are changing a lot for artists and musicians and comedians. And I want to know, like, when we kind of reopen all of our artsy stuff that we're allowed to do, how is it going to feel if the audience can't be there? Like for comedy, it's so reliant on that collective laugh, right? Like, are you, are you thinking about this kind of stuff? I think about it all the time. I don't know. I mean, I'm making you think about it right now. <laughs> no, no, no. I've I've thought about it. I just when I say I don't know, it's like it's just hard. I've done stand up in so many different places. I've done you know lots of stand up shows out of town and and that's always wonderful you know that would be something i'd miss i really feel for what's going to happen in terms of people being able to travel and do shows i think once the cities open up it's going to be a situation where it's not that we'll be playing to nobody although we'll we'll be playing to like first of all no one ever sits in the front row that's true so (laughs) we'll have that buffer as stand-ups uh just continuing Now it's probably going to be like the first three rows and then it'll be people sitting like three seats in between, you know, like there's just going to be a a heavily reduced capacity, which obviously in a room, like I've been doing these shows at the Transac in Toronto on the small, in in a very small space. So Mm -hmm. somehow that would even have less people allowed, which would be great because it would explain it would make our normal turnout look better. Not so much no audience, but like getting used to smaller audiences, which like every comedian is used to already. So many things are different and they're going to be different going forward. But is there something specific about comedy that has really changed through all of this? 
I think the form has been kind of confused for a long time. There's similarity in how people say you have to do it. There's similarity in people in, in in people's subject matter, which is always the case, of course, because people are having the same experience roughly. The sameness of straight white guy comedy has kind of created this yang to the yin that's kind of basically comedy just feels like super light to me lately. It does often doesn't have enough depth, you know, like as much as it is for distraction and 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 making people feel better when you have depth to why you're doing something if you can track how it came to be to that point and why you're saying what you're saying how much you really are feeling it or how much of a performance it is how committed you are to that right now there's all these zoom comedy shows and streaming comedy shows and comedy clubs are doing that i am scared to see what people doing stand-up on Zoom looks like. I, I'm scared of that. I don't even want to enter that. Well, that's kind of what I was wondering. Like, I just, it's such a different dynamic when there's not an audience there. And and even just, yeah. the, how do you even know if the jokes land? I did a, like, my friend Everardo has a show called Late Mike. And, and he did a streaming one. But it was just him and his girlfriend. And I just went on Instagram Live and we just basically talked. Like, which is kind of what they do. They have people sit down or do stand up and I sat down. But the other thing I've been doing is a live read that is now just a, a hangout. It's basically I have a manager and she's from Vancouver, but lives in LA. Her name's Jessica Kelly. And she has a team. They're all so funny. This guy, Chris Fairbanks and Ryan Singer and Gareth Reynolds, who's the co-host of the Dollop podcast and Megan Keister, who's this great uh, comedian. They're all LA based except for me and we read the Goonies together and then the Goonies cast read the Goonies which quickly overtook our oh yeah but after but we realized it was so fun just like chatting beforehand in the half hour period and so now every Thursday we're doing a comedian hangout and we're just talking and making jokes naturally and it feels amazing it's great to be joking with them. It's great to be making ev everyone laugh. There's something being cemented that's really good. And it's probably going to change a, the form of stand-up more than anything. Stand-up is really about relatability. You had mentioned that you were scared to watch these new Zoom shows. Are you scared to perform them too? But I am scared to perform it because I'm like, how the hell is anyone going to find me telling my jokes in a box? Hilarious. You know, when that wasn't even happening in person. <laughs> no, it was. Like, how will I retain that feeling of connection that is so important? I think that that I almost don't want to go down that road because my life, you know, I'm just trying to, like, handle what I'm handling now. But the truth is, I'd love to do your comedy mm -hmm. show. And if you're booking and paying, please get a hold of me. <laughs> I'm available. I will send you my Zoom free of charge. <laughs> Everybody's happy. It's more like I don't want to open that door than I yeah. write quite yet. Like I'm almost ready. But to me, that thing where it was like 10 comedians making each other laugh spontaneously, that felt like that filled the like a certain amount that performing does. And it doesn't feel that different under these circumstances. I have to say that as an audience member, mm -hmm. as someone who has watched some of these shows online, 
I mean, so there's some moments where it it does fill that void as well, where it's like, oh, okay, I'm actually laughing, but it does feel totally weird and awkward. Yeah. But this watch. is also generational, right? There is an entire generation of people who have, on to some extent, watched things live on YouTube. Not com, not stand up shows necessarily you know, YouTuber live streams and stuff. And they're used to commenting as things go by. And, you know, it's if you kind of turn it into that sort of an experience, it, it might feel better. I mean, I hope we embrace it. I think we will. There's some good things for sure. So Nick, before we leave you, I would love if you shared some of your self-care tips and maybe if you let us in on what you're doing or what you find to be particularly effective to get you through these days and these strange times. When I came back to Toronto, from living in Los Angeles, I had uh, to do a lot of rebuilding anyway. So I had to get a lot of my, so whatever self-care, coping, managing anxiety, like I had to sort of deal with that more. I've been trying to for years, but I hadn't really wrapped my head around mm -hmm. it. You know, I've always been doing mindful meditation. You know, I, I think, um, I've been, but right now from my ADHD group, I'm meeting up with two people on Zoom. We were doing this beforehand at coffee shops, but we have a, a dialectical behavioral therapy workbook. And um, that's a really good form of therapy. We are basically reading through it slowly. And I don't know whether it's dialectical behavior therapy or just the act of getting together with two people, but that's mm -hmm. been really helpful. And I think just to, to finish up, it's like the anxiety or stress or depression or confusion, dysregulation. There's a lot of people who weren't expecting to feel those feelings, but there were a lot of people, I think, who could use that type of coping mechanism, whether or not they have been diagnosed as anything. I think it's hard for people to sometimes make that step of going to something where you're like sharing, but the ones I've done have been like the comedian Rick Green wrote a book about ADHD. And the first group I did was just reading that book through together and talking about what resonated. That sounds like an awesome way to get to know people and to gain a little bit of trust. So Nick, any final words before we leave you? I would say avoid gurus mostly. <laughs> Don't put your faith in a human being. Put your faith in a program or a structure. Wise words. We look forward to listening to more of Nick Flanagan Weekly and hope to see some of your digital performances soon. I look forward to that from you. Thanks so much for joining us, Nick. That was wonderful. Thanks, Nick. Check him out. He's a local fixture you want to put in your house. 100 watts. <laughs> this was just so nice, and this is exactly what I was hoping this would turn into, and it's just a way to check in. Hundred percent. I think even just what Nick was talking about, how having a little bit of check-in time every week can really get you back on track and get you to just touch base with yourself and also just feel a lot better. And I think that's what we're achieving with this podcast, or our hope is, right? Yeah. Just reconnecting. And we'll be back again next week to reconnect and to pose the question. Hello.